now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. everybody and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy Rich Hill. Week one of the preseason in the books, a wild finish, an amazing game, nail biter, Patriots pull it out at the end. Rich, did you catch the game? Oh man, this was probably the best comeback in Patriots history. They were down <laughs> 17 to 0 and they came back to win it all. I mean, come on, can you name a better game than this? I can't think of one. Usually if you're down 17 points, you're not coming back from that, no matter how much time is <laughs> left on the clock. So glad to see Brian Hoyer and company really light it up out there in uh, what is a very typical Patriots first week of the preseason. <laughs> Brady did not see the field at all. The majority of the starters didn't see the field, or if they saw the field, it was in very limited snaps. Sonny Michelle didn't play. Isaiah Wynn didn't play. Gronk didn't play. Not a lot to take out of this in terms of the legitimate starters we're expecting to see week one of the regular season. However, all these games have some value, Rich, and I think there were some players on this team that turned some heads and maybe some players that turn some heads for the other reasons so we could vomit a little bit watching them play. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's the best part of the preseason is for most teams – actually, I don't even want to speak on behalf of most teams. For the Patriots, of the 53-man roster, before the games even happen, you can already pencil in roughly 40 people to be locks at least, right? And so the, these preseason games are really about figuring out who has the most potential of those final – 10 to 15 players that are going to make the squad and uh we we saw some players put their best foot forward and i think that's a good place to start with this game patriots won 26 17 was not as exciting i mean i don't even know if that score suggests excitement it was just like it was it was a sluggish game but there were some positives on the offensive side of the ball and for me, I would want to highlight the best player I thought on the Patriots offense, which would be running back Jeremy Hill. And I'm curious yeah. to know, what did you think of his game? Yeah, it's funny. I think you and I have talked in the offseason about how Hill was one of those maybe camp bodies or real long shot to make the roster. Mike Gillisley seems to be the inside track for the kind of first, second down back, especially with Sonny Michelle with a first round pick. But Jeremy Hill, he came in, he looked lean, he looked aggressive, he made really sharp cuts. And there was one play, I'm not sure I remember when it was, I think it was the maybe late in the third quarter, he was still on the field, and he had a beautiful blitz pickup, mm -hmm. which Brian Hoyer then did nothing with because he sucked <laughs> uh, in that game. But in terms of an all-around back, he seems to be turning my head in, in a good way. I was very impressed with him. 11 carries, 51 yards in the TD, and some really good blocking. And I think that's all I can ask for a running back. I think he made a very strong case for himself. Also, special teamer. He contributed on special teams as well. So I think he made a very strong case for himself making the team, especially because, on the flip side of that, a player that did not have a good game, in my opinion, was Mike Gillisley. Yep. Uh, I don't think he did anything to really stand out uh, in the running game with uh, with what with the reps he was given. And so I'm very concerned about him now. But Hill did a great job. I'm with you. Yeah, and the, the big thing with Gillisley last year was – as you said, no special teams ability. The Patriots did not trust him in blitz pickup, and they did not throw him the football. So the only value he really provided, if he were to be on the active roster, was as the short yardage guy. And what Jeremy Hill put together in this one preseason game was more comprehensive than anything we saw from Gillisley last year. In my mind, Gillisley is totally capable of doing that. He just hasn't had the opportunities with the Patriots. It looks like it's going to be more of the same. And in that case, I just think the Patriots should cut ties and move forward and let him have an opportunity to sign elsewhere. But with Hill, he ran really well. 
that's something that cannot be understated. He ran hard. He had a great first cut. He reminded me a little bit of Steven Ridley with how quick he was able to get out of there, and that's not just a lazy LSU comparison right there. And then Hill also, as you said, good pass blocking. He added two catches for 14 yards, which is going to be crucial if he's going to get time on the field because if he can prove to be a multi-versatile threat, then defenses aren't going to know what's going to do. He's going to be out there for, unlike with Gillisley, when they knew it was always going to be a run. That allows the offense to be a little bit more flexible and complex. And then Hill also appeared on special teams in the, the wedge on kick returns. And the more value he has, the more likely he is to, to make the game day roster, the more likely he is to make the active or just overall roster because he can back up so many positions. The more value you can provide as one of those final 10 players on the roster the more likely you are to make the team. Definitely. And he definitely did everything he could do. You know, when you're in the preseason and you're one of those roster bubble guys, you only get so many opportunities to impress the coaching staff and turn heads. I think he, every snap that he got, he made a strong case for himself, which is all you can really ask for. Tell you, man, we're on the running backs. This will stay on the running back. You talked about a guy you were impressed with. Ralph Webb. Oh, yeah. Who the the hell is this guy? I I had no clue who he was. He was, he was really my, who the hell is that all-star of the, of the day. Undrafted free agent from Vanderbilt, I believe. Uh, Patriots picked him up after the draft was over. I heard nothing about him. Totally bupkis in preseason and offseason workouts and OTAs, all that stuff. And all of a sudden, he comes in, rushes for 46 yards, scores two TDs and two two-point conversions, including a pretty good grab on a little out route. Um, you know, the running back position is very crowded, and there's a lot of guys at the front. Does Wab have any shot of making this roster? See, I, I don't know. That's that's going to be super tough because you break down who's on the team. Uh, Michelle's a lock. James White's a lock. Burkhead's a lock. And is Webb better than Jeremy Hill? I mean, I don't think so. I think Hill clearly outshone him, especially because Hill was playing against the ones and twos while Webb was doing against the twos and threes. And Hill showed special teams ability. He was blocking. He was catching. So Hill is just overall a better player. And then you add in Bolden. And just so at the end of it, Webb is probably the, the sixth best running back on the team right now. Maybe I would put him ahead of Gillisley based off of that performance. But will it, is that... I just like with based off of that ranking, I can't see them kicking any other running back off the team to keep him. I could see them trying to stash him on the practice squad, although I would be shocked if another team didn't snap him up after this type of a production. But that would leave one possibility for New England, which would be to stash him on the roster like they've done in the past with the DJ Fosters and Cole Crostons of the world. And if they believe that Webb is going to be a, a strong running back candidate in the future then it might be worth keeping him for, for the upcoming seasons. But with Burkhead on a three-year deal, with Michelle as a rookie on his rookie deal, James White still having a few more years, I have a hard time seeing Webb making the team outright without getting a redshirt opportunity. Yeah, I think you're right, unfortunately. And again, you are you made the point. It's, it's the first week of the preseason against the twos and threes. You can't take too much out of it. Um, but... I think he did a lot, and I was very happy to see him out there. I always like stories like that, and I'll be rooting for him very hard. But I think we'll know a lot more about how the Patriots are going to use him, if they use him, as the the Eagles game comes up on Thursday. Overall, though, I think there are some players that did a good job. Jeremy Hill's one of them. Ralph Ralph, Ralph Webb's one of them, excuse me. I said Mike Gillespie's kind of a down player for me. I'm going to give you another down player, uh, Rich Hill. It's a real deep, wide stretch here, but quarterback Brian Hoyer. Ugh. Yeah, Gross. man, uh, uh, he was atrocious, and not even in a vanilla offense can I run this scheme kind of way. 
It's just the passing mechanics, the accuracy, the decisions to throw into double coverage, the tentativeness. The fact that he's a starting quarterback and he started for other teams across the NFL really blew my mind uh, during that Washington game because he looks like a an incompetent backup. And it made me think to myself, if Brady gets hurt for whatever reason, God forbid, this season, we are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that he didn't complete a pass until the two-minute drill where he was thrown to a wide-open Devin Lucian, who we can talk about in a little bit. And that's like a slight exaggeration, but not really. Hoyer's mechanics, as you mentioned, which is not good. He had a super elongated windup, and it felt like it took forever for the ball to release his hands. And when it did, it kind of just fluttered. It looked like a Peyton Manning circa 2015 sort of duck where uh, maybe the receiver had an opportunity to be open. But we saw time and time again, whether it was Chris Hogan or Cordero Patterson or even Philip Dorsett, the, the defender was already getting a piggyback ride by the time that the football got there. And that's just that's just setting up the opportunity for turnovers. It's not allowing the receivers to actually make a play on the ball. And so while, you know, Chris Hogan didn't have a catch, Dorsett didn't have a catch, I would put a lot of the blame for the offensive inefficiency in the first half on Hoyer. It's true. Uh, I would as well. It's just a, a really nightmare situation. Again, I don't want to read too much into it because I remember Matt Castle looked like crap and he went on and did okay. And Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play that well in the preseason either. So you got to keep these things into account. But it's just when the Patriots don't get a first down until about, I think, four minutes left in the second half and a lot of it, uh, second quarter, excuse me, and a lot of it is open receivers that Hoyer just can't seem to hit. It really does raise a lot of red flags. However, in Hoyer's defense, I don't think the receivers as a unit played that well either. Yeah, that's fair. That's very, very fair. I don't think Hogan looked very crisp out there at all. They didn't really give Dorsett an opportunity to really show what he's been flashing during the offseason. And Gronk wasn't playing. Edelman wasn't playing. And that just means Hoyer's out there throwing to what is effectively the Patriots' second unit offense. And they're playing against Washington's top unit defense. So you give and take a little bit there, but... I, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on whether or not the Patriots should be looking for another backup if Hoyer looked like this? Yeah, you know, it's funny. The Patriots brought Brian Hoyer in last season after the trade of Jimmy Garoppolo. It seemed like a really good fit. They are comfortable with Hoyer in their system. He's got the playbook down. I think Hoyer's your guy. I don't think this is the situation where you bring another backup in this late in the, the preseason because it's a lot to learn. It's a lot of offense you have to install. I think Hoyer's just going to be the guy they ride with. I don't think Danny Eitling did much to sway me one way or another. He only threw five passes, I think, completed two of them for 21 yards. He really didn't get the reps I was hoping he'd get in the first week. Hopefully week two we'll see more of him. But I think Hoyer is your backup, like it or not. Yeah, that's so true. I, at this point in the game, you can't go with a seventh-round rookie as the backup over Hoyer because that is always how Belichick will build his roster. Is he'll take someone who has 10 years of experience. He does it on the offensive line all the time. He'll have that be the top backup just because experience wins when you're having someone come in in week 15 or 16 to an injury. So you go with Hoyer. I think that's the smart choice, even if he is a, a replacement, if not sub-replacement level player. But, you know... I guess the expectations that I had were much loftier after having watched Jimmy Garoppolo and even Jacoby Brissett come off the bench as the backups in previous years. It was come see Hoyer just not do too well was a little bit of a disappointment. But uh, I think we should talk about the wide receivers because that was another disappointment 
but someone who recently just joined the team and who'd managed to shine is Devin Lucian, who was the Patriots' seventh-round pick in 2016, I believe. And he was on the Patriots' practice squad that year, and he suffered an injury at the start of 2017, so the Patriots couldn't keep him. They reached an injury settlement, and he bounced around with four other teams before ultimately signing back a couple weeks ago with New England. What was your impressions of the Patriots receivers with this focus on Lucian? Yeah, Lucian did. He was targeted six times, caught four from 71 yards, leading receiver on the Patriots against Washington. Looks good. Again, I don't think he's going to make the team at the end of the day, but he was catching the balls. He was running crisp routes. There's a couple contested throws that he was able to haul in, but you can't say about other receivers who had opportunities to wrestle the ball out of a DB's hand and couldn't quite do it. Uh, I just feel that, that Lucian is, is kind of a – a real, real dark horse, maybe a practice squad kind of guy. I don't know. I think he looked good, but uh, I, I just don't see him cracking the final 53, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's tough because who are you going to cut to keep him? And we're already talking about is there going to be space for Ralph Wettbaum on the, the roster? Same applies for Devin Lucian. He was someone that most people expected to keep on the team at the start of 2017 because Lucian had 99 yards in that preseason finale against the New York Giants. He looked great. He looked like, or even if not just uh, making the roster, just having an opportunity to stick around with the team. And they had to cut him because of the injury. And so if he picked up right where he left off, which is a great sign, and in my mind, if you removed the pedigrees and the names of every other wide receiver on the Patriots roster and just only looked at what they were able to accomplish against Washington, Lucien was the best receiver out there. He looked explosive. He was making plays down the field. He was plucking the ball. He was aggressive. He was showing quickness that the other players weren't. And so and do, you, do you think that there's like any chance that this will be a player that Belichick will say, you know what, like we're going to roll with the, the production as opposed to the pedigree, and maybe we'll keep Lucien over a, a Kenny Britt who hasn't been able to, to see the field or an Eric Decker who has been dropping stuff left and right. These players that have a little bit more of a name and just keep Lucien because he's been actually able to produce for them. I will actually disagree with you. I'll say he was the second best receiver on that, that the roster uh, on against the Skins, and that's because I believe even though he only got two targets, I think Cordell Patterson actually did a lot to to, to uh, give me a lot of confidence in him. He's, he had one really nice circus catch. He was running good routes. And he was a good blocking receiver. I'm not sure if you really noticed him on a couple of the running routes, but he really cut off a lot of chop blocks, gave a cutback lane for the, the receiver. So I'll say Cordell Patterson was the best guy on the field with Lucian right behind him. Now, to answer your question, it's interesting. In, in training camp today, we're recording this on Tuesday night. So in training camp today, Philip Dorsett was hurt. He went into the medical tent. He was seen stretching and catching passes on the sidelines. Initial reports are that he's okay, but if he's not okay, if he's got some kind of lingering issue, an already thin receiver position becomes even more thin. And if Lucian really rocks it against the Eagles and he rocks it against, was it the, the Panthers in the third week, I think, and then the fourth week's the Giants, if he rocks the entire preseason, maybe he can do something with it because the position is kind of, kind of limping along right now. But I... I don't know. I'm still skeptical on him. I, I want to see more from him. I'm very curious to see if he gets any reps with Tom Brady because I think a lot of these receivers we're talking about were catching passes from Brian Hoyer and Danny Etling. So it's a very big jump up if Brady gets out there and he can throw it to them. So if Lucien can run the routes well, if, he, if Brady and him are on the same page, anything's possible. That's fair. That's fair. And it, he will get his opportunity. That's what the Patriots like to do. They like to mix in some of their – 
their preseason shining stars with the the first unit just to see how they're able to to elevate themselves. And I kind of want to talk about the the defensive side of the ball here a little bit because there was one player in particular, a rookie, who came out of nowhere who leveraged his great play against Washington to have an opportunity to line up with the, the first team defense and practice this week. And that's uh, rookie Juwan Bentley. I had probably similar expectations to Bentley as I did with Webb in the sense that I had zero expectations. I, <laughs> I knew Bentley purely because the Patriots drafted him, but every single report was that he's just not athletic enough to drop into coverage. He uh, was basically a Landon Roberts again, but maybe with even like less explosion. And so in my mind, I was like, ah, oh, Bentley, he'll be like a camp body, maybe be a special teams guy. I don't know. I remember when they had Steve Boharness for a little bit. I was like, Bentley, yeah, I'll, I'll stick around for a year, and then who knows what will happen. Bentley went out there. He had six tackles. He had two tackles for loss. He was very decisive at you know cutting into the backfield. He did a good job dropping into coverage. And there are reports today that he was covering Rob freaking Gronkowski in practice and swatting away the ball. And that's that's just a great, great, great example of a young player taking advantage of their opportunity for an otherwise not great defensive performance in the first half. Absolutely. I remember I think it was the the first the second quarter. There was a first and goal and Bentley just blew up the backfield and stuffed the running back. I don't know who was running for Washington at the time, but totally dominated the line of scrimmage. I believe the Patriots drafted him as a kind of run stuffing thumper linebacker of the Brandon Spikes mold. Fifth rounder, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I mean, as a as a coverage linebacker, that's been such a weak spot for the Patriots for so long. Coverage linebackers, even Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy are not great coverage linebackers. If they can find a guy that's a good mix of, of, of run stuffing and pass coverage, we don't need some kind of, you know, Darrell Rivas reincarnate. But if we can have somebody who's not going to bite on a will route every single time, that's huge. And as we talked about in our pregame show before that game, the linebacker position is so thin right now. It's really easy for a guy like Bentley, who's already made a splash to make a name for himself. And the fact that he's practicing with the ones at training camp, I think speaks a lot. Yeah, seriously. And, and if there is an injury that happens, he's probably going to be the first guy up. Right, because you yeah. you have Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower. They're the starters. If you look at the Patriots' defense, they run the four-two-five. That means that they just have two linebackers on the field most of the time. When they're facing a base defense, which is the minority of the time, they'll usually trot Landon Roberts onto the field and remove Deron Harmon on the the back end. Bentley has a really good opportunity to challenge Roberts for that role on the team because if Bentley is shows even just a modicum ability of coverage and shows some control in his ability to penetrate into the backfield he's going to be fantastic as a replacement for Roberts because the problem with Landon Roberts I think he has or had a lot of potential coming out of Houston he's been very very productive for New England there's been no complaints whatsoever but we reached a point last year where he was so aggressive penetrating into the backfield that opposing teams knew it was coming, they would allow it to happen, and then they would use it to set a trap to get a linebacker of the Patriots out of position in a wide-open running lane for their running back. And so teams were able to count on Landon Roberts being so aggressive that he would vacate his position. And if Bentley can step up and say, you know what, I'm going to show a little bit more restraint, I can still be productive and have two tackles for loss and a quarterback hit and six tackles, but I'm going to show a little bit more restraint then that's going to be an upgrade at linebacker. 
And I think the Patriots might need that upgrade at linebacker if the secondary showing is any reflection of how it's going to be in the regular season because they all stunk, man. I'm, oh, I don't yeah. know if you saw something I didn't, but Stephon Gilmore looked terrible. Eric Rowe looked terrible. Uh, there just wasn't a, a real standout in the secondary. I did like uh, J.C. Jackson. I thought he flashed a little bit, but he's not going to – I don't think he's kind of a long shot. There's really not, in terms of the starting guys, guys we projected as the, the major day one starters, not a good showing from the secondary against the Redskins. Yeah, it wasn't good at all. I think Gilmore was targeted three times, allowed three catches for 39 yards. There was one crosser that I think went for 25 yards where I kind of got the sense that Gilmore was in preseason mode, which is, you know, it's fine. You don't want to get hurt in the first preseason game where uh, it, this Robert Davis, I want to say, is the wide receiver for Washington. And he Robert Davis was pulling away from Gilmore, which is unacceptable. Davis doesn't have that type of ability to pull away from Gilmore in my mind. So Gilmore was kind of taking it easy, funneling him to the safety to get him pushed out of bounds. And so I do question if Gilmore was giving 100% on those or if he was just doing some semi-physical reps, primarily mental reps. But ultimately, the Washington averaged 42 yards per drive in the Ugh. first half, which means that the defense wasn't doing their job. But you look at the Patriots' run defense, they were doing a really good job against Washington at preventing them from getting too many yards. They were holding them, I want to say, the running backs, like 2.9 yards per carry. So every weakness that the Patriots' defense showed in the first half lies primarily on their secondary and just some poor coverage abilities, whether it was from Gilmore or Rowe. I believe that uh, Keon Crossan got beat for a huge gain by, uh, I want to say, B. Marshall. I'm not sure what his act, Byron Marshall, potentially. <laughs> I the, Washington has a bunch of players that just have very similar names to, to other players. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. They got like the, the Kirkland brand uh, receivers over at Washington. Um, but yeah, th there was just no real standout in the New England secondary, and ultimately that led to Jason McCourty practicing with the first team defense this today. Nice, the guy. I think he's a legitimate player. He's wearing number thirty. In case you're confused, Deron Harmon is now number twenty-one. That really threw me for a loop the lot when that happened. I think Harmon was it on the, the Washington touchdown. But it, the good thing that I we talked about in our last podcast was how. You can actually take a lot out of offensive line and defensive line in the preseason. Are you getting penetration? Are you blocking? That's a very black and white issue in football. And I think the defensive line for the Patriots were doing a really good job. They were getting penetration. They were stuffing the run. There were a couple big breaks that happened, but they came off back on holding penalties. They did their job. And I'll be curious to see when the Eagles game comes up on Thursday, who comes out there in the secondary, because if Jason McCourty and Devin McCourty are in the same field at the same time, we all thought that would be the, the case going forward with Stephon Gilmore and Eric Rowe in the slot. Do you think the Patriots will be making a lot of adjustments in the second preseason game, or will be a lot more vanilla coverages, vanilla packages, and giving the back-end guys of the roster time to shine? Yeah, I think once the starters get in there, oh, well, it's the same thing that we talked about with Devin Lucian, getting some time with Tom Brady. We'll see Juwan Bentley getting some time with that first-team defense. I would not be shocked if J.C. Jackson and Ryan Lewis got some time with that first-team uh, secondary. We'll probably see Derek Rivers and getting some time with that first-team defensive line. So it'll be an opportunity for some players who stood out in a positive way in the first preseason game to showcase their ability against the Eagles' first-teamers and alongside other first-teamers of the Patriots. And... 
there will be some changes. There has to be. That's the whole purpose of the, the preseason. Will we see Jason McCourty for the first time? I hope so. I hope he plays really well because I do think he gives the Patriots the best chance to, to really match with Stephon Gilmore on the opposite side and provide the best coverage overall. Do you think we'll see a lot more of Danny Etling this game? Because I think what people were much, much more curious to see was, you know, Hoyer. We kind of know what we have in Hoyer. He wasn't good. My guess is he stayed out as long as he did on against the Redskins because he was so bad. I think the Patriots will let Etling open it up a lot more. Well, we'll see Tom Brady for sure at some point, but I'm hoping he won't play much longer than a quarter max. So when Brady does come out, will it be the Etling show or will Brian Hoyer get another chance to sling it? That's a good question. So my expectation is that Etling will get the entire fourth game against the New York Giants. I would not be surprised mm. by that. Tom Brady will probably get the bulk of the third game with potentially Brian Hoyer coming out in the fourth quarter, you know? And so I would not be shocked if Tom Brady played, you know, three, four drives against Philadelphia. You know, every quarterback basically gets three or four drives. You know, just got to divide it up pretty evenly. At the end of the day, Hoyer and Etling will get probably the same amount of drives over the course of the, the preseason. So, um, yeah, I, I don't expect to see too much of Etling unless it's in garbage time. And at that point, how much can you really learn uh, based off of who he'll be lining up with and against? No, that's fair. I guess I'm just I'm, I don't really I didn't really enjoy watching Brian Hoyer play football. And as, a, <laughs> as somebody who covers the Patriots, and I guess I'll call myself a semi-professional Patriots writer, uh, I kind of have to watch this game. And I'm just being selfish, thinking about I see one quarter of Brady and then a lot of Brian Hoyer just overthrowing receivers again. It just makes me not want to watch the game very much. <laughs> Is there any player? Just choose one player that you're most excited to see against Philadelphia. Yes, there is. Uh, there's a player that I talked about in the preseason after the draft I was excited about, and that is Ryan Izzo, the tight end. I think he had a really good game. I think Hollister, we didn't talk about him either. Jacob Hollister played well. He's out there with the ones early on. Ryan Izzo was targeted three times, caught off three from 15 yards. But if you look at Ralph Webb's touchdowns, he was the crackback blocker on every single one of them, and he's really got good awareness. He's a good big body. I don't think he's a kind of move tight end, but I think he's got skill. I think he's got ability. I'd like to see him out there on more blocking packages, be motioning out wide a little more, using him more in the passing game, and see if he can actually be a legitimate tight end as opposed to a glorified lineman the way Dwayne Allen is. So I'll be looking for Ryan Izzo. That's a good one. I, I think that the tight end competition's kind of been flying under the radar a little bit all offseason, and then it's just not the most glamorous position in the preseason because you get players like Ralph Webb really standing out, other receivers, Devin Lucy, and there's just not as many opportunities for a tight end to really showcase what they're doing. And so that will be fun. I think that that'll be a good thing to look at. I am looking forward to watching the, the defensive side of the ball uh, we touched a little bit about how the defensive line showed off and was pretty stout. And Danny Shelton looked really good on the interior. So did Lawrence Sky and Malcolm Brown. That's going to be a really strong rotating three. I am curious to see Christian Sam getting more opportunity because he is more athletic than Juwan Bentley. And he offers a flexibility that kind of reminds a little bit of Kyle Van Noy, but potentially with more coverage ability. He's just like supposedly is very solid all around and he had the dot. So he's calling some plays on defense a little bit. So I'm curious to see him getting an opportunity to really showcase his more ability because as you said, 
the linebacker depth is super shallow and someone is going to have to make the team and why not Christian Sam? Why not just give all of these young linebackers a real opportunity to, to step up and say, you know what, I actually have upside and potential because Marquise Flowers is going to be a free agent after this year. We don't really know what's happening at the other linebacker spots other than Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower, so let's turn over every rock. And speaking of rock, Rob the Rock Gronkowski will not be playing, correct? Oh, God. I, when, I think, what, Gronk's played in one preseason game in the past right, okay. 50 years. So, yeah, I, I would not hold my breath for Gronk to play. There's nothing worse than seeing Rob Gronkowski trotting out in a preseason game for all the reasons <laughs> that we won't even get into right now. It's so true. It's so true. And so we'll have more breakdown of the, the Patriots game against Washington on PatsPulpit.com. We'll have more analysis, trying to figure out what is happening with this team as we uh, we, ha- we head in towards you know week two of the preseason. We have roster cuts in a couple weeks, see who's going to stand out. Any final thoughts, Alex? Super Bowl rematch. Buckle up. All right. Here we go. It's uh, it's going to be Tom Brady versus Nick Foles. So, everyone, <laughs> you enjoy it. Try not to vomit too much at uh, some probably terrible quarterback play in the, the third and fourth quarter. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. Later, man. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.